Happy New Year! <laughs> As we were reminded last week with our Season of the Gospel service, Advent marks the beginning of our church calendar year. Uh, we get four weeks, four Sundays, uh, to celebrate the church New Year as we wait for the coming of Christ, God with us. As we wait proactively together, we're excited to begin our um, Advent sermon series based on the book, Down to Earth, by Mike Slaughter and Rachel Phillips. Uh, we have separated this book into three sermons, Down to, love, uh, down to Earth Love, Down to Earth um, Lifestyle, and Down to Earth Obedience with the cantata in between on Sunday, December 16th. We hope that these series of sermons challenge us as we begin a new church year and as we approach Christmas. Um, <clears throat> we begin today with down-to-earth love. Our scripture this morning comes from Philippians chapter 2, verse 1 through 8. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort in love, any sharing in the Spirit, any sympathy, complete my joy by thinking the same way, by the same, uh, having the same love, being united and agreeing with each other. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others as better than yourself. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. Adopt the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross." This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray together. <clears throat> May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. It's the most wonderful time of the year With the ki uh, kids jingle belling and everyone telling you be a good cheer It's the most wonderful time of the year <laughs> We hear it constantly on the radio, but I have to admit that Christmas does not always feel like the most wonderful time of the year for me. And it's because of things like this. <laughs> it, it's a pretty good deal, but it's a little nuts. People start getting a little too obsessed with saving a couple of bucks at the expense of others. Christmas also does not feel like the most wonderful time of the year because of things like this. Hmm. Remember when these were all over the news? Remember when people were saying that these red cups were a knock on Christianity and somehow the end of all things good about Christmas? Really? A red cup? How can a cup possibly ruin Christmas? I just don't get it. As if we didn't have enough things that distract us from what Christmas is about, 
we have to engage in arguments about the color of a coffee cup. Lastly, Christmas does not always feel like the most wonderful time of the year because of family get-togethers. Not all, but some. With more get-togethers with family comes all the political discussions that turn vile and toxic almost immediately. Family members become almost like enemies and talk at each other rather than with each other. Family space should be safe space, but we have to walk on eggshells sometimes. It feels like everyone is out to win for themselves and make sure everybody else loses. It's almost as if the juxtaposition of what we know Christmas should be and what we see in reality makes Christmas less joyful. It's almost like we need a solution, a solution that is out of this world. And how much more out of this world can we get than Jesus, the Son of God, the one we wait for on Advent? Jesus made water into wine, healed the blind and lame. He walked on water and calmed the raging sea. Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead. He himself resurrected. It doesn't get any more out of this world than Jesus. We can all agree that our world can use some of Jesus' out-of-this-world kind of love right now. Now, as the youth have gotten to know me for the last couple of uh, months, one of them said to me, Pastor Dan, you are one of the most down-to-earth pastors I know. I've been taking that as a compliment until I thought about it some more. When I think about it, why shouldn't I want to be the most out-of-this-world kind of pastor instead? Then I started thinking about what down-to-earth actually means. Maybe I thought about it a little too much. What does it mean to be down-to-earth? A little idiom study might help us. Thank goodness for Google, because with a little bit of Googling, I learned that the oldest record we have of this phrase, down-to-earth, is from the New York Advocate newspaper from 1922. The phrase first appeared in a woman's clothing ad that probably looked something like this. The ad read, Here are four groups of worthwhile garments at down-to-earth prices, as opposed to prices that are out of this world. With that, I got to thinking, while an out-of-this-world kind of love might seem great and much needed, sometimes it sort of becomes like the world peace that all Miss American pageants contestants say they wish for. In theory, it sounds great, but we, when we get down to it, it seems so impossible, maybe too impossible, that we often give up before we even give it a try. We might even say the idea of it paralyzes us. And this is unfortunate because, again, our world is looking for love, an out-of-this-world kind of love. But who's to say that down-to-earth kind of love isn't also out of this world? Who says they have to be mutually exclusive? 
Rachel, our author, writes that she sees an out-of-this-world love in her mother's down-to-earth pie. She writes, quote, Nobody argues about my mother's pie. It is her spiritual gift. The pie is always delicious, always baked to perfection. I speak these magic words, who wants pie? And suddenly love fills the air. If only we lived in a world where we could negotiate all conflicts with pie. End quote. For me, I see out of this world kind of love in panchan. If you have ever gone to a Korean restaurant or eaten at a Korean person's home, the table looks something like this. Basically, each person gets a bowl of rice with a uh, bowl of soup for themselves, and there is a variety of side dishes called panchan on the table. The panchan is a variety of vegetables, pickled vegetables, meats, seafood, and everyone eats directly from the middle. Now, if you're a germaphobe, this might not work for you. <laughs> now, Korean culture is also very hierarchical by age, and it is clearly visible around the dining table. There is a rule around the Korean meal that the oldest in the family starts eating first, and then the oldest also leaves the table first. This is to show respect to the eldest. This means that if you're the youngest of the family like I was, you never get dibs on anything. <laughs> but my mom would turn this on its head by putting the best panchan on my plate when she first gets the chance. Or she puts the best panchan right in front of me. My dad would purposely leave the last piece of my favorite panchan so that I can have more once he left the table. It was a simple, small act of love but it meant the world to me. My parents adopted the attitude that was in Christ Jesus. In this way, they showed me that Jesus' out-of-this-world kind of love is also an everyday, down-to-earth kind of love, too. Rachel Billups also brings up the marriage as an example of a down-to-earth kind of love. Now, before you get married... Many of us imagine that the married life is a stroll in the sunflower fields, that our life would be filled with strawberries and kisses each and every day. But in reality, marriage is actually messy, really messy. Husband and wife don't always agree. In fact, you can expect disagreement. Husband and wife don't always say the nicest things to each other. In fact, you might even say some of the hurtfulest things to one another infrequently. It's not healthy if it happens all the time, but the truth is, it happens, and it's to be expected. A marriage needs a down-to-earth, grittier kind of love. As Rachel writes, quote, this kind of love can even survive a cheap shot when we're hurt or angry, end quote. A down-to-earth kind of love is messy and gritty. 
Our scripture this morning gives us a picture of this down-to-earth kind of love. Paul writes this letter from prison to a group of Jesus followers in Philippi who had allowed differences and inward conflicts to divide them. And instead of telling them that there is an out-of-this-world love headed their way like a gift to be opened on Christmas morning, Paul reminds them that Jesus' love is actively released through the hands of those who follow Jesus. Don't do anything for selfish purposes, but with humility, think of others better than yourselves. Instead of each person watching out for their own good, watch out for what is better for others. What does down-to-earth love look like? We put the interest of others above our own. Paul provides the best example there ever could be. Though he was in the form of God, he did not consider being equal with God something to exploit. But he emptied himself by taking the form of a slave and by becoming like human beings. When he found himself in the form of a human, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Christ's out-of-this-world love began with down-to-earth love. And his down-to-earth love began with humility. And here is an interesting point that Rachel, uh, Rachel offers about humility. Quote, Did you notice what Jesus didn't do? Jesus didn't set his power aside. He could have. He had the option to just putting it away and living an ordinary life. Fully human, totally viable option. Yet Jesus stayed in it, choosing instead to demonstrate how to live with power when you have it. You use it to demonstrate love to everyone you meet. You use it to listen. You use it to hear, which isn't always the same thing. You use it to practice humility. And the more power you get, the more chances you have to practice. End quote. Humility isn't just about giving up power. It's about how we wield it and who we wield it for. Humility can seem like a weak first step towards an out-of-this-world kind of love. But Jesus has assured us by his very example, that it's the best way forward. Brothers and sisters, we are not called to win, but we are called to love. We are called to an out-of-this-world love, a kind of love, but take heart. It all starts with down-to-earth love. Amen.